Um, first, I want to say that we're going to have a full moon ceremony at the end of uh, this. And um, I also hope before that there, there'll be enough time for, who knows, maybe groups or in any, way, in any event questions or whatever. <clears throat> oh, I should tell you too that Forgive me if I cough at times. Um, I mean, my throat got irritated during COVID. And I'm well past COVID, but my throat is something else, has always been. I mean, <laughs> last year at Sheen, I think it took me three or four months to stop coughing after it. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, what an honor to be here. Thank you to everybody and Norman first. <sighs> so I just want to repeat just like uh, Shunryu Suzuki. I, I, no, no. That I, the only reason I'm giving a talk is to encourage us to do Zazen. Let's be clear. That's it. <laughs> Um, oh, in fact, I want to read something in French about that, that he wrote. Can you believe the, the French version is smaller than the, I mean, this is so rare. I have never seen that. The French version is actually smaller than the English version. Okay. Uh, let me see. I hope I will, yeah. Ah. D'habitude, après Zazen, je vous parle. Mais ce n'est pas uniquement pour écouter ce que je dis que les gens viennent, c'est pour pratiquer Zazen. Ne l'oublions jamais. Si je parle, c'est pour vous encourager à pratiquer Zazen comme Bouddha. And I'll read it in English, just for those who need it in English. Uh, that is page. Oh, I lost my, uh, it fell. <laughs> Sorry. Usually, I found it. After Zazen, I give a talk. But the reason people come is not just to listen to my talk, but to practice Zazen. We should never forget this point. The reason I talk is to encourage you to practice Zazen in Buddha's way. So, in today's talk, my first talk ever recorded like this, uh, I'm going to attempt to go on the brighter side. <laughs> because I have a tendency to focus on dark topics. And that idea came from Jean <laughs> several months ago, 
when she said, well, don't you try and see. So I'm trying. We'll see. <laughs> and so I am just going to talk about a simple topic, which is gratitude. I mean, we all know it. It's a, and how we express it. And, you know, I chose this topic first because I want to express my gratitude again and again. I'm grateful to all the ancestors and teachers. And I deeply bow to, well, it's endless, but I'll, I'll start with Dogen, 13th century Dogen. And then Shunryu Suzuki. And then also I want to bow to um, two of my teachers who died not so long ago. Uh, first is um, Steve Stuckey. And the, uh, who, by the way, had a serious gratitude practice, as many of you know. <sighs> I think everybody did, I know. But. And also the other teachers, Leila smith Buckhart. And Leila just died um, 16 months ago. I think she really helped me with, I think these were her last sewing projects. Both my Rokasu and my Okesa, she helped me at the beginning. She came to my place several times, right before. So, to all these. Okay, many years ago, at an old day sit at um, the Marine Headlands, Norman said words that I never forgot. I know they are not. Anyway, he said, how fortunate we are to have stumbled upon this practice. And um, I also remember, I mean, um, again, Jean read uh, Shunryu, Richard Baker's words about Shun, at Shunryu's funeral, about the same far-reaching Zazen, expressing how far-reaching Zazen can be combined with, I don't know, vision, much more, I don't know. He said, there is no easy way to be a teacher or a disciple, though it must be the greatest joy in this life. No easy, easy way to come to a country without Buddhism and leave it having brought many disciples well along the path, priests, laymen, and thousands of persons throughout this country whose lives have been changed by him, by Shunryu Suzuki, in the last 13 years or more now. And he also started and nurtured a monastery, community, and practice centers in California and many other places in the United States. And of course, 
um, Schooner used the words appreciation a lot more. I think maybe different times, but appreciation to me is also gratitude. French with my hand gesture, I'm afraid. Sorry, John. Thank you. Maybe I put my hands here, so. <laughs> um, so in uh, Zen mind, beginner's mind, he's, he says that um, we should just appreciate what we're doing. And the purpose of my talk is not to give you some intellectual understanding, but just to express my appreciation of our Zen practice. And in another book of his, which is, um, I know, that was in Branching Streams Flow in the Dark, he wrote, I copied it. If you can just appreciate each thing one by one, then you will have pure gratitude. Even though you observe just one flower, that one flower includes everything. It's not just a flower. It's the absolute. It is Buddha himself. We see it in that way. But at the same time, that which exists is just a flower, and there is no one to see it, and nothing to be seen. That is the feeling we should have in our practice and in our everyday activity. Then, whatever work you do, you will have a continuous feeling of pure gratitude. Just to talk about some, somebody else, I, I, I happen to read these and I just stuck them in there maybe. Uh, it's a Tibetan Buddhist teacher named Snokni Rinpoche who, who, say, who wrote, the difficulty many of us face is that we don't know how to give our humanity space. We don't know how to offer our appreciation. One way that I found to express my gratitude and appreciation is through the practice of smiling. Now, by nature, I am not a smiling person. No, I'm not. I never was. I mean, my autistic, remember that, way of life of looking at life was really often quite sullen in looking toward dark things. What you see now is the result of my meditation practice. But when I was a child, or even a young adult, I rarely smiled. I mean, sometimes even not talking very much, which is called selective mutism in the autism terminology. My father 
really often, he took a lot of pictures, and he often complained that he was unable to take unposed um, pictures of me smiling. And if I think back, the first time somebody actually told me, uh, well, actually told my mom, a Catholic priest, my mom was the secretary of the Catholic Church, and he told my mom, in front of me, of course, elle est tellement plus belle quand elle sourit. Now, she, that means she's much more beautiful when she smiles. Oh, that tore me apart, guys. I went in front of the mirror and I practiced and I practiced, but that did not work. You can't fake a smile. But I really wanted people to smile at me. And so this smiling business was really important to me. And you know, I, I'm sure you remember still things from your childhood. And I do remember a few snippets of words that I learned in France, right, or poems or something. And one of them was about smile. And I think it's translated, I'm sure it is in English, so forgive me if I do a poor translation because I did not really go for it, but I'll tell you in French first. Un sourire ne coûte rien. Il enrichit celui qui le reçoit sans appauvrir celui qui le donne. And I, forgive me again, I, I'm just going to literal translation here. It means... Um, it means a smile doesn't cost anything. It makes the one who receives it richer, and it doesn't make the one who gives it poorer. There are many, many poems about smiles, so I think that tells a lot about smile, just like it about gratitude, too. You know, it's a testimony to the significance of this. But then I really, at the same time, understand, I really do, people who do not feel like smiling, and when they're told they should smile, I feel terrible. How annoying. So please, don't feel like you have to smile at all. But then, of course, when someone happened to smile me, especially uh, to smile at me, sorry, especially when I was a child, oops, did I touch it? I, uh, it was just wonderful. It, it really did. I mean, so now I make it a practice. I actually started that a few years ago. I do smile at young children who do not smile. You know, those. I was one of those. It, make, it made a big difference, by the way, you know. Sometimes the child even becomes engaged, not always, okay? But it makes a big difference. And in adults, so much nicer. 
Anyway, since as soon as I'm distracted, I do not smile. Uh, I'm cutting people plenty of slacks here, okay? But anyway, the, the not smiling person especially might need friends. I remember that. Uh, in not always so, and again, I'm just going to show it because I copied it. Um, Shunryu Suzuki writes, most people who visit Zen Center find it a strange place. They do not talk so much. They do not even laugh. What are they doing? Those who are accustomed to big noises may not notice, but we can communicate without talking so much. We may not always be smiling, but we feel what others are feeling. Our mind is always open, and we are expressing ourselves fully. I brought this book because these books from Shunryu Suzuki too, because they matter too. I'm sure you all know them. Not always so, and branching stream flow in the darkness. I I, I use them a lot too. Not that I anyway, did that much. <sighs> but then I'm going to talk about Thich Nhat Hanh because let's face it, Thich Nhat Hanh had a practice of smiling. <coughs> And he said, sometimes your joy is the source of your smile. But sometimes your smile can be the source of your joy. And another of his quotes that he told in uh, 1985 to his American audience. Meditation is to be aware of what is going on in our bodies, in our feelings, in our minds, and in the world. Each day, 40,000 children die of hunger. The superpowers now have more than 50,000 nuclear warheads, enough to destroy our planet many times. Yet, the sunrise is beautiful. And the rose that bloomed this morning along the wall is a miracle. Life is both dreadful and wonderful. To practice meditation is to be in touch with both aspects. Please do not think we must be sullen in order to meditate. In fact, to meditate well, we have to smile a lot. Now, when I was at Plum Village in the 1990s, just for a few days, I actually heard him say in French, I can't believe guys on the bathroom doors at Plum Village in Vietnamese, in English, in French, and there was a fourth language, which I cannot remember now, 
about going to a bathroom, you know, stay, keep, <laughs> I mean, keep it clean or something like that. <laughs> okay, sorry for the... <laughs> this is what he said. En inspirant, je calme mon corps. En expirant, je souris. Vivant dans le moment présent, je sais que c'est un moment merveilleux. Breathing in, I calm my body. Breathing out, I smile. Dwelling in the present moment, I know this is a wonderful moment. But there are plenty of other sides to smile. So I want to actually bring up a little piece of something else, which is that, would you know that in Japan, there's a term to express smiles frozen in a rictus. Really, it's called smile mask syndrome, abbreviated SMS. And it is actually a psychological disorder proposed by a uh, Makoto Natsume of Osaka Shoin Women's University, in which subjects develop depression and physical illness as a result of prolonged unnatural smiling. <coughs> Both sides. And then I want to talk about Katagiri, because Katagiri did not know much English at all. But then he actually was able to give what I think is a great Dharma talk about appreciation in three sentences. You go to Yosemite, you say, wow. <laughs> you walk down the street, you say, wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> there are so many ways to express gratitude. Um, sometimes in our practice we chant, that's another way. Ah, and I often feel gratitude for the way they are expressed, to for what they expressed. And I think of the person who wrote them. How much zazen did they do to come up with what they came up with? Uh, okay. <laughs> um, and then there is a chant that we chant during Sashins, the names of ancestors, both men and women. I am so grateful for that chant because to me, each time I say each name, I think of that person. And again, how much Zazen? <sighs> and then another way to express gratitude, so many ways, is bowing. Now, there is a chapter in Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, about bowing. Bowing helps eliminate our self-centered ideas. This is not so easy. It's difficult to get rid of these ideas. And bowing is a very valuable practice. The result is not the point. It is the effort to improve ourselves that is valuable. There is no end to this practice. That's the end of the quote. 
So whichever way we express it, the feeling of gratitude is, it seems to me, a joyful one. And Zazen really seems to have make it blossom in me. I mean, I don't know how, but I certainly seem to have found some joy in life. And I almost always end my talks in my group outfit with the words, I am grateful to have stumbled upon this practice. So I'm going to do this here too. Um, next month, on March 20th, I will be talking about a much somber, much somber side of life. So. <laughs> a little bit light today, but some darker next time. It's coming. Yes, it's coming. <laughs> and I'm going to end with a poem called Gratitude by Melody Beattie. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity. Gratitude turns problems into gifts, failures into success, the unexpected into perfect timing, mistakes into important events. Gratitude makes sense of our past. Bring peace for us today. Bring peace for today. And creates a vision for tomorrow. And that's the end of my talk. Thank you. And I don't know what <coughs> I'm supposed to Oh, yes. Recording stuff. Yes, but is there any chant I'm supposed to do or any 